Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is about local New Orleans business. And over the past few years of making this show, we've come to learn there's more to New Orleans business than business. We pretty much all agree that to perform at our best, at some point during the week, we have to turn off the phone and other devices that keep us constantly connected to work and do something else with both our mind and body. TJ Stranova is the clinical assistant professor in the Department of Global Health Management and Policy at the School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine at Tulane University. But that's not what he's here to talk about. When TJ's not at work curing tropical diseases, he's president of the Italian-American bocce club. Bocce is an Italian game related to the French game patente and British lawn bowling. You play it by tossing softball-sized balls down a court and trying to get them to land within close proximity of a target ball. TJ, welcome out to lunch. Oh, thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. Francis Palumbo graduated from Drexel University in 2013, and he joined the U.S. Navy. Not only did Francis leave college with an academic education, but he left with an abiding affection for the game of rugby. Rugby, if you're not familiar with it, is a British percursor to football. It's played by a team of 15 guys who all remain on the field for the entire 80 minutes it takes to play a game. Unlike football, none of the players wear helmets or any protective clothing, making rugby even more brutal of a contact sport than football. If that sounds like the kind of sport you'd like to play here in New Orleans, you're in luck. You can join the Crescent City Blues Rugby Football Club. It's been around since 2014. Francis Palumbo is not just a Crescent City Blues player, he's a member of the board. Francis, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me, Peter. TJ, Francis, both of you are interesting guys with interesting careers. If either of you had written to me and said, I'd like to be a guest on Out to Lunch and told me that you were respectively a clinical professor of tropical medicine or a seaman in the United States Navy, I would have said, sure, you'd be a great guest. But neither of you did that. Both of you or your organization suggested you come on the show to talk about bocce and rugby. So let's start with the most basic question, why? Why do you guys feel so passionately enthusiastic about these niche imported ball games that you want to get on the radio and, and tell the world about them? Uh, TJ, let's start with you. What is it about bocce that makes you such an evangelist for it? Well, uh, a couple of things, Peter. I guess, uh, you know, first of all, I, I, I disagree about the, the niche uh, characterization. Oh, okay. Bocce is actually, it depends on who you talk to, is either the, um, the second most uh, played or third most played uh, sport in the whole entire world. So, uh, so in the U.S. Yeah, maybe? Maybe in the U.S., but we're, we're gaining uh, popularity here. So. Wow, no, it's a relatively new sport, is that right, TJ? Uh, it is not. It's actually the oldest sport known to man, as a matter of fact, uh, Peter. Uh, there's actually uh, an uh, Egyptian tombs dating back to uh, 5200 uh, B.C. There's, uh, there's been frescoes found of a game that is very similar to bocce, and uh, it has been brought all around the world, uh, first by the Egyptians, of course, then the Greeks, and then the Romans picked it up, and uh, when they... 
Uh, you started uh, to expand their empire. They had uh, the Legionnaires actually brought bocce balls uh, and sets with them, and uh, you know, and really created a worldwide uh, uh, game. So, and I remember uh, in the 1600s, the uh, Catholic Church. Bandit for gaming or betting, right? Yes, uh, like I was like a many, freshman yeah, then. Yeah, I remember many, that. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> like, like many popular things, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, once they become too popular, people will try to uh, try to uh, control them. And yes, uh, so the yeah the yeah the Catholic Church did uh, try to uh, try to uh, you know uh, curb. Uh, uh, Bocce by claiming that it was gambling. Um, other, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, leaders, uh, other countries have tried to uh, stop uh, people from playing bocce because it uh, has taken away from uh, either business or warfare preparation. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you know, in the, in the Middle Ages, it took away from archery well, if, and practice. If you lived in New Orleans and you, you weren't really into warfare anywhere, where would you play bocce? Uh, well, you play at the Italian American Bocce Club, Peter. So <laughs> we have this wonderful facility uh, out in Metairie now. It's uh, a, we used to be downtown uh, uh, mid city back in the '90s, but we have an indoor facility with three, uh, you know, three full-size courts. Uh, we've got a kitchen, a bar, a banquet space so that can fit over 100 people. So it's a really uh, uh, neat, uh, you know, facility that we have out there. So we encourage people to come out and and, and, and uh, learn and enjoy the game. So. Francis, let me ask you, who plays rugby? I know I have students at Tulane that play, and they're like former high school football players. Is that the, is that the the, the demographic? Uh, you definitely see a lot of uh, ex-high school and, you know, youth football players coming into the sport, but, I mean, it's played by a wide variety of athletes. Um, the game of rugby takes a lot of skills from a lot of sports. Um, I know a lot of basketball players. There's a lot of soccer players, a lot of hockey players. Uh, the sport that I've seen, like, produce the best rugby athletes, though, however, is uh, wrestling. Um, they usually make the, the best tacklers, and they're really not afraid to go up to guys much bigger than them, knowing how to use their momentum to take guys down on the field. You know, when I think of rugby, I think of... Uh well, I think of drinking pubs and camaraderie. You know, it seems like uh, rugby players are very close to each other. Yes, the camaraderie of the sport is uh, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about it. Um, I've never, you know, I've played a lot of sports growing up um, and throughout my life. And, you know, I found rugby my late my freshman year of college, and I'd only wish I'd found it sooner. Um, the gov the uh, camaraderie that's seen in the sport is just incredible. Um, uh, it really breeds a culture of inclusion across the board. You know, it's not just men playing. Um, it's uh, very heavily played by women, uh, especially here in, in uh, New Orleans. The two-line women actually won the D2 National Championship. So it's not co-ed? No, it's not co-ed. Um, at the youth level, it's co-ed. Uh, okay. It's a touch game, um, no contact. But uh, as you get older and progress, it's, you know, it's not co-ed. And, where, and where, where is it played? So in New Orleans, we have two men's clubs. There's the uh, New Orleans uh, Rugby Football Club and then the Crescent City Blues Rugby Football Club. Um, the Blues, is uh, they play in the D3 level in the United States. Uh, we're a team uh, welcome to any skill level. And, you know, whoever you are, you can come out and you can come out and get to know the game of rugby and play. Uh, the New Orleans Rugby Football Club, uh, they, pull, they tend to play in the D1 or D2 uh, level in the United States. And, you know, anybody's welcome to come out to their practices and, you know, get it going. And then there's also the Lanyap women's team uh, that's open to any woman in New Orleans. And do you, um, do you, just, you guys just play each other? No. Uh, so we actually just finished the Robert Merkel Cup, uh, which was the first annual Robert Merkel Cup here in New Orleans. It's a, it's a local cup, but you know, we have two teams playing in it in New Orleans, but we also have a team from Mobile, Alabama and Biloxi, Mississippi competing in it. Um, so that was for the fall. Uh, the spring uh, season, which is more a competitive season, uh, we play more around the region, uh, you know, more northern Alabama, teams from Texas, Florida, and around the area. TJ, you've got a big advantage because 
For all I know, uh, bocce is the only sport you can play with a drink in your hand, which seems perfect for this city. That and absolutely true. It's uh, it's it's uh, you can uh, you, you can definitely play with a uh, whether it's wine or beer or a cocktail. You can <laughs> certainly uh, do that and play and play bocce and uh, whether it's outside or inside. Uh, so yeah, it's perfect for, for New Orleans. I've been out to your facility. It seems like older folks. How do you get the youth to understand bocce? Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, something that we've been struggling with. To be honest with you, uh, when I first uh, became involved with the, uh, with the with the bocce club, it was very insular. It was um, uh, mostly men, uh, Italian, Sicilian yeah. men, older men, uh, and uh, you know, was, you know, after the storm and especially the last, I'd say, five or six years, uh, you know, our membership started to kind of wane uh, very dramatically, and uh, you know, the and, uh, and we didn't really market ourselves. So uh, since I took over as uh, president about two years ago, we started with social media. So we have a you know a website. And a Bocce.com. We have a Facebook site. Uh, you know, we uh, have. You know, we, we we try to you know uh, promote ourselves as much as possible because we really are. In addition to uh, you know promoting you know the sport of bocce, we are a business. You know, we have a facility yeah. to run. Right. We have to. Uh, you both you know, have uh, revenues. Yeah. Cost, yeah, revenues, budgets, costs, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and trying to keep that up, and also, uh, I and I think I think we're just starting to we're starting to reach out, and I think we're starting to uh, you know draw you know new younger individuals because, uh, as you probably know, as, as you've probably seen being you know you know teaching at, at Tulane, I think that we went through this uh, this phase where everyone was uh, we're not younger people were not connecting right. uh, face to face, you know that that the you know, social media was new, and you know. People tended to lose that that human connection. I think that pendulum is swinging back, where you know younger people are more interested in actually you know going out and meeting people in person. And a bocce club is a perfect uh, you know is a perfect sport, perfect you know place to go. Perfect it's, a it's a perfect date. It, it is, yeah. It is because you're it's on it's a it's team. A, yep. It's just the two of you. Yep, yep. Yeah. You can kind of figure out if this is going to work or right. not. Right. You know, really. Yeah, yeah. And the Italian bocce club, it's it's a very romantic place. You know, we've got a lot I of like Italian, you know, uh, you know, murals. That's and right. The murals, else. the balconies. So you're uh, how could you not follow? Oh, I really, I don't know why every single person is not actually at the bocce club yeah. now. <laughs> now, that I, now that I think about it. By the way, I know a couple of teammates of mine that would argue they could play with a drink in their hand the entire. Really, really, that that might be the problem. They. So I'll come up with two words. Polino. What does Polino means? Uh, means uh, it means it's it's the small ball in bocce. So it's the goal that uh, the teams are trying to uh, to to get towards. So you're taking your large ball called the bocce, and you're trying to get your bocce balls closer to the uh, to the Polino. That's it. And uh, very simple game. And Francis, um, have you um, have you ever been a hooker? Uh, I have not had the opportunity to play hooker yet. Um. And what is it? I just made that up because somebody told me that. So <laughs> hooker is the position in rugby that wears the number two jersey, and they are the uh, basically centerpiece in a scrum, which is the eight forwards on both teams coming together to fight for possession of the ball. The hooker's job is to sit on top of the props, who are you know tend to be the bigger guys on your team, and he will then, once the ball is inserted into the center of the scrum, try to hook the ball back with his foot to the back of your scrum so we can gain the possession of the ball. Wow, so there really is something going on there. I, I, that's uh, the <laughs> to the to the outside uh, viewer, it, it it just looks like a mess, but there's really something going. That's great. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are T.J. Stranova from the Italian American Bocce Club and Frank Palumbo from Crescent City Blues Rugby Football. Francis, the NFL is so worried about concussions and things. Do you just tend not to get? 
I myself have never had a concussion, and you're, uh, you're like, pretty sharp, so I knew that. <laughs> like, like I was describing before, um, the game is governed by a rule of laws, and that's you know going into contact, you have to do certain things. Um, you know, tacklers can only tackle from uh, high up on the chest down to you know basically around the thighs. You have to wrap up and place right to the ground. There's no leading in with your oh. head or your shoulders. There's no spear tackles, none of that. Also, being without a helmet and pads on, you tend to be. Uh, you tend to go into hits safer anyway, because like, you don't want to you know, break yourself going into a tackle, let alone the guy you're trying to tackle. Um, also, for the ball carrier, you know, knowing that they don't have protection on with the padding and everything, they go into hits safer, and you, know, you really just don't see as many concussions as you might in other sports. You know, I just think this is such an incredible mismatch, because your sport needs someone in healthcare, so you could use TJ, and very, you probably don't have to resuscitate many people in bocce at all. Well, not with the older, well, <laughs> <laughs> with the younger members, hopefully not. Yes, so, yeah. you know, so. There's a, did you ever talk to people that run, the, um, run these clubs in other cities and ask them how they're marketing and getting the word out? Is there any? Uh, yeah, there's actually, there's a, uh, a pretty robust network of uh, bocce clubs uh, throughout the United States. Uh, you know, uh, New Orleans used to hold, uh, we used to hold uh, many regional and, and, um, and, uh, and national terms. We actually uh, hosted back in 1982, many, many years ago, the, uh, the U.S. championships uh, when we were, uh, so there are a lot of uh, clubs. So we are, so uh, yeah, we're trying to reconnect with them. Uh, trying to uh, yeah, bring them in for, for tournaments, uh, trying to get them to promote our, uh, our club as well. So, and yeah. TG, isn't, um, I don't know what the number is, but New Orleans is one of the biggest Italian communities in the country, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just have to look around the, you know, the French Quarter, which is, you know, still has its, uh, you know, uh, Italian heritage, walk, you know, uh, drive around Metairie Kenner to see, uh, you know, our, you know, all the Italians, uh, restaurants, Italian families, it's... Uh, and most yes, it's most Italians in New Orleans are Sicilian, is that a fair statement? Or? Yes, uh, most of them are, are from, from Sicily, whereas uh, if you were, uh, you know, kind of New Yorkers and, and New Englanders are, yep. are more of, uh, you know, near the, 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 you know, the, the actual boot of Italy. So. Ah, look at right here, the three of us. We've got a heck of a lot of vowels in our names. Yeah, There's right. a, yeah. um, as, as for rugby, uh, you know, USA Rugby puts on several calls every month. Uh, yesterday I was on the phone uh, for the monthly YDO call, the Youth Development Officer call. And so the state-based rugby organizations, or SRO, um, they all have a youth section. And uh, yesterday we had, I think, about you know, 20 or 30 people on the call going over what's working in their city. We have a different topic each month where we're all working together uh, for lessons learned and how we're you know, best promoting the sport uh, moving forward. Um, but you know, as the sport's moving forward, you know, it's, growing across, it's, it's been growing across colleges for a long time. And you know, most major colleges have a pretty good team. Um, there's you know major tournaments every year in Philadelphia. There's the College Rugby Championships, which is a sevens tournament um, held every summer. But uh, you know, as as we move forward, I mean, even in New Orleans, the high school sides are you know they have a huge presence. Uh, some of the major high schools in New Orleans, I think we have about ten high school teams in the uh, in the region uh, that are all competing with each other. And uh, you know, and moving on to the uh, upper echelon teams in the United States, playing for the you know, U.S. travel sides and everything. Uh, New Orleans has had a lot of players going that route in the past couple months, uh, let alone years. But it, it makes sense what you're doing because, for instance, when I was very young, lacrosse was a very kind of esoteric sport, and now it's, it's taken over. So uh, you're, you're kind of on that plane. Yeah, a lot of people like to tout rugby uh, right now is like what soccer was back in the you know, mid to late 90s yeah. uh, in, in terms of its growth right now. And, you know, it is really growing quickly. And uh, our next you know, major plug, which is what I'm happy to be doing, is you know, getting across to the youth, just showing them that it is a sport. And 
you know, introducing them to, you know, a sport that's played across the world. It's they can't um, drink when they're very young. It's a big part of the sport. I think. We have There's we have water and Gatorade. Okay, too, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and TJ, let me ask you something. Where do you get bocce balls? Uh, well, you can. Do you go to Italy to pick them up, or uh, what do I, you do? I, I actually have a nice set of uh, bocce balls <laughs> that okay. I, I invested in. So you can go, uh, you can go from uh, high-end Cadillac uh, Perfettas uh, that are made in Italy Whoa. Uh, to uh, going down to Academy Sports uh, and getting a nice, uh, you know, set for uh, thirty dollars. You can play in your lawn. So, uh, and of course, if you come to Bocce Club, we have tons of bocce balls there. You don't have to bring anything. So, I wanted to ask you both about your <coughs> business models, revenue-wise, because TJ, you, I assume. You can play as you go. I mean, just come in one night and uh, I think you have an open open bocce night and pay a few dollars to go in. And then mm -hmm. you have others that are members? Yeah, so we have uh, memberships uh, that uh, we, have, we have a core number of people who do, uh, who, who do join as members, about $150 a, a year, uh, that get you discounts for our leagues, which we also uh, use to uh, raise funds. Uh, we have our open nights, as you mentioned, yeah. where it's uh, usually charged about $5 a night for people to come and learn the game. And then we also rent out our facility. We have this really nice facility that we rent for about uh, you know about $350 to $400, uh, so people come in for, oh, for special you know, for events. Yeah, yeah. yeah, special events, uh, you know, uh, That's Christmas a great parties. Idea. Yeah, it's a birthday party so uh, you know it's uh, it's all on our, our website nola you know nolabachi.com so that's how we uh, try to raise funds we also have uh, we're trying to fix some of our capital uh, you know our, 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 our facilities so we have a GoFundMe page you know if there's any Italians out there who uh, you know uh, feel like they want to help out uh, yeah. you know, a cultural organization that really needs it uh, we have a GoFundMe page uh, so we so you know we we look for various ways to, to raise funds and to you know to earn uh, you I know, thought it was revenue, so, so much fun my only problem was um, I'm colorblind and they have the balls that that's how the whole thing's played right you get like Yes, ball. I didn't realize you were yes, yes, they, well, uh, Actually, now it makes I, sense after I, watching you play. So yes, right. I <laughs> thought I was doing so well. <coughs> and, Francis, what is the business side of, of, uh, of rugby like? Uh, do people pay a, an annual membership to play in this league? Uh, yes, as for the Crescent City Blues, uh, we have annual dues, member dues. Uh, for new players, it's a little uh, less expensive than for, you know, reoccurring players. Um, but, you know, that's basically how the club is funded. Um, if you go down to the lower models, like the youth, uh, we approach the, the school uh, to talk about, you know, whether, what their current model is, whether they uh, charge parents for after school already, after school programs, or whether we just charge the parents directly. And, you know, for youth, it's, it's obviously much less than it would be for, a, you know, a adult men or a woman player. But You know what it seemed like to me is that you've, in the, you've got this interesting product that almost the toughest sale is that first time out. Is that, is that kind of true? Yeah, absolutely, especially for rugby, um, you know, because parents, you know, when they think of rugby, they don't exactly want their little girl or boy going out there to play, um, but, you know. Well, we disprove that. <laughs> is that. I mean, I, I think we really have in New Orleans, um, you know, the game up until your age 13 is played by touch, uh, touch rules, and it's a really fast, fluid sport, uh, very similar to soccer, just with the ball in your hands rather than the foot. And uh, it's a really fun sport that kids, you know, from what I've seen, uh, coaching several youth teams here in the city, they fall in love with. And so you can, if you get that set of parents and that that kid out once they, they kind of get the bug i mean not only is it the kid getting the bug from what i've seen the parents get the bug too and you know we've had several parents come out to our adult practices they've come to the summer touch leagues they want to <laughs> get involved with it now that their kid is getting involved with it and that's been my favorite thing to see the whole family getting involved with the sport that they you know maybe not just found but are now just getting involved with and and 
And TJ must have the same kind of situation, getting that person to come out once. Yeah, right. I, I think that when people, if they've heard of bocce, they sometimes think, oh, it's an old person's game, yeah. and you know, it's uh, you know, it's, I don't it's want not the that kid exciting. drinking wine. I get um, things like that. Right, but uh, but yeah, once we get somebody, you know, to the bocce club, you know, again, you know, it's it, it's 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 you you have to interact with people. You get to meet people from you know, 14 years old to 84 years old, yeah. and that's what we literally is that have your in range our, in out our there. League. Yes, <laughs> uh, actually, we have a, a lady who's 80, who just is 84, who's in our leagues, and we have a 14 year old kid. Who plays with us, so, uh, but getting them out there, it's 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 you know, and actually playing, it's just it's a, it's great co you know camaraderie. Uh, you, as you said, we you can can you certainly uh, have a have a beer while you're playing, yeah. and it's just a, it's a really fun game. There's a lot of strategy to it, so uh, especially if you're playing on a court like we do here, uh, you know, in the in, in the, the bocce club. Uh, if you play on the on the grass, it's more like horseshoes, but you're actually on a court. You're setting up shots. You're playing with some strategy. It's just fun. It's just an easy way to to relax. I like to you know after you know uh, you know uh, hard day at work or grading papers, just going out to the club and just, you know, rolling some balls. I mean, it's just relaxing, fun. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's, 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 and, and really, it's, uh, we, have, we have people from all, of all ages uh, coming. So. You know what you got going <coughs> for you is I, I was hearing a professor talk about uh, what, what are the tendencies for people that live a very long time? And it was it, what you'd think. It was exercise and, and good food and things like that. But the real key was they do something on a regular basis with a group of people. And you're both, uh, you're both right in that camp, so... Uh, that would be great. So a bunch of hundred-year-old bocce and um, and rugby players. That's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I think we uh, <laughs> bocce little. You might you might win that one. But uh, I, I play <laughs> with the guy regularly. He's fifty-five. We all agree these days that being able to take time away from work not only increases our ability to perform at work, it maintains good mental and physical health. So it's good to learn about strategies for taking a break and hearing the business side of it as well. Thank you both for enlightening us today uh, on those special diversions, rugby and bocce. Thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank, Thank you, Peter. Peter. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been TJ Stranova. He's the president of the New Orleans Bocce Club and Francis Palumbo, board member of the Crescent City Blues Rugby Football Club. You can find out more about TJ's Bocce Club and Francis's Rugby Club by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellefson. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen, and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and these are some fine athletes we've put together here, you can find photos of the show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace. For more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp.